find your spot, put it in park. Here we go. What is going on, everybody? Episode three coming at you live. Deaver here alongside Bush. What's up, everybody? And our producer, Jimbo. What's up? What's up? The weather's getting nice. It's starting to feel like spring. I'm excited. I know everyone else is. Woo! Hey, oh, I like that. Is, I like that. Uh, it's got me excited today. We for got episode the, three. We got the windows open in the studio. Oh, yeah. Sun blowing in. Oh, yeah. So, some big news here in the Free Parking Pod camp this week. Um, a lot of good feedback in episode one and two. Um, but now we have our first international listener. We're going global. Yes, free parking worldwide. <laughs> Investors, possibly you. <laughs> so Tyler McCormick out there in Singapore, he was tuning in uh, on his travels across the planet, really, and uh, we got to talking, and he's telling me how much he loves the show, how he's glad someone close to him finally started something up, um, and he can absolutely expect to be a guest on the show in the coming weeks once he's back in the States. Uh, but anyway, we get to talking, and I'm like, damn, dude, pretty crazy to believe uh, you listen to the pod from across the planet. I could literally dig a hole to you right now. So you don't have an excuse if you're listening to not listen to episodes one and two or whatever yeah. we're on. If he can listen yeah. over there in Singapore, you can throw it on here in the States. Absolutely. So literally, our, our other buddy, Nick George, uh, actually went out to the other side of the planet to visit Nick, uh, to visit Tyler, and I'm like, yo, dude, like, like I said, I could dig a hole right now. And he texts me back. He's like, how do you think Nick got here? He didn't fly a plane. I can tell you that much. So it is FPP confirmed that you can officially dig a hole to Asia from America. It's confirmed. It's confirmed. Is it still open? Is it still available? Like, Because once somebody digs a hole, you you got to fill it out. Yeah, I mean. No, does it fill back up? Or am I allowed to jump back into the hole and go to Asia like immediately? Well, th- how gravity works is like when you jump in this hole – and then you, you come out the other side, gravity will just push you right back up. So, like, you're not falling right back into space when you dig deep deep through. So you're good. You're good. Um, don't say pause on this one, but is Nick Nick George's hole still open is what I'm asking. Is, his, is Nick George's hole still open, or do I have to dig a hole next time I want to go to Asia? I think his hole is still open. Okay, perfect. It's still open. It might be riskier because his hole yeah. may collapse. Yeah. But... It's time effective and you know not labor intensive because you don't have to dig your own hole. Definitely, I actually might have to open up that circumference of that hole a little bit. My, my, <laughs> I don't know, my gut's gonna get me through the next hole. Yeah, but <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick has a tiny hole, so yeah. our, our our little wide bodies might have a, yeah. a hard time. That's gonna be we'll, tough. We'll just scrape a shovel on the way down and just to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So save on flights, just dig. Could just you imagine dig. getting stuck halfway through? You'd melt in the core, dude. Could you imagine though? So yeah. Nick, Nick's hole, like all of a sudden you're digging through, and like you get about halfway, and you're, oh. Oh, yeah, and you and, and you get stuck, and all of a sudden it's, it's it getting, fiery. It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here. Yeah, it's like getting stuck in a, in a water slide hole. You know, you just got that fear of going down the gutter and just yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. Satan's yeah. like, "Hey, what are you doing down here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not, you're not supposed to be here yet. Just kicks you right in the head. You're not supposed to be here yet, and you're already too deep, so you can't like call back up. Be like, yo, yeah. Keep us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for the shout out, Tyler. Really appreciate it. Um, everybody should go follow. If you don't follow his personal Instagram. Um, at least follow his um, Asian Instagram, I guess you want to yeah. say. Tyler goes to Asia. Tyler underscore goes underscore to underscore Asia. Um, he's underscore, put, underscore, he's underscore, putting underscore, out some underscore. awesome shots of his excursions. Um, definitely worth the follow um, if you know if you're interested in what he's doing and and pretty much the geography of of where he's going. So. Beautiful camera shots. Thank you for the shout out. Um, Free parking pod is now international. International. So I guess we'll come back to the States here after our little trip to Asia or 
in the center of the earth or wherever we were. Um, to the big sports topics of the week, usually our first uh, our first go here on the Free Parking Pod, and we'll get into the OBJ stuff later. We have a special guest coming on, Dan O'Keefe, lifelong Giants fan. Um, family has season had has had season tickets for years and years, so we'll get his take on the OBJ stuff. But the one I'm going to talk about that's close to home, Philly sports news related. Nick Foles to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, you know, I, I saw his letter, and I was choked up, man. I, I'm going to be honest with you. But that last thing where he said, um, not this isn't verbatim, but it was along the lines of, you know, you'll always be in my heart, and and hopefully I'm always in yours. Love, Nick Foles. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow, man, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable that this guy was literally, and I, I saw a tweet earlier that, um, you know, if you ever need to think of something, if you ever need to make a, long, a lifelong decision or, or a big decision, you know, you're at a fork in the road, just go fishing. Nick Foles was... I like that. He went fishing a couple years ago. He wasn't sure that he was going to come back. He dropped a line in the water and just kind of sat there. It's almost like meditation, thought about it. And that's when he first came back into the National Football League. Um, obviously, Doug Peterson giving, giving him a chance, and um, you know the rest is history, right? Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, had another good year with the Eagles this year, filling in for Carson in the beginning of the year. Man got and, paid. And the man got paid. The man Rightfully got paid. Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so. I agree. Definitely deserves it. I agree. So, you know, you, you backtrack a couple years, he could have been, you know, called to quits, maybe done a couple of quarterback camps in the summer, wrote a book. I don't know what he was going to do, but now the guy's on his way to Jacksonville, sunny Florida. Um, and he's got money in the bank. So good for Nick, um, obviously all the Eagles fans and, and pretty much everybody in the league, you know, it's a feel-good story. So they're rooting for him in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll be talking to you probably next part of the pod after about where Blake Bortles ends up. AAF, baby. AAF. Is Didn't they cut him? No, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's gone. He's going yeah, to the yeah, Alliance. He's, he's going to the yeah, Alliance, yeah. mark my words, and he's going to go to the Orlando good. Apollos because he's already in Florida. No, the Apollos are like 4-0 or 5-0, though. They're not going to sign a new guy. They're going to sign him. I don't support you heard that. Here first. I don't support that. <laughs> uh, other NFL free agency topic, uh, probably a flashier signing than Nick Foles. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. We finally know where Le'Veon Bell is going. It's not back to Pittsburgh. It's not to the Raiders with Antonio Brown. It's not to Baltimore. He's hopping in an F sixteen. He's going to be a New York Jet. Ooh. Le'Veon Bell signed to the Jets. It is a four-year deal worth fifty-two point five million, uh, with including thirty-five million dollars guaranteed. Um, so Lev Bell signs the Jets. Obviously, you know the the saga with the Steelers is over, and now we'll talk about the other side of New York football. But the green side of New York football has something to be excited about for the first time since the butt fumble, since <laughs> Tim Tebow. I'm not I'm not too sure, but Lev Bell to the Jets. Bush, what are your thoughts? Waste of talent, man. I've, I've told you this uh, previously. Le'Veon Bell to the Jets grinds my gears. Sam Darnold, not a proven quarterback. Who knows what they're going to do at that position this year. Uh, I believe Josh McCown is backing him up. I don't know if that's still a fact or not, but last I checked, that's what it was. And you got Sam Darnold and Josh McCown feed the ball to Le'Veon. That's not good, man. It's a waste of talent, in my opinion. I don't know, man. He, he is one of the best runners in the league. I'm just still shocked as a Steelers fan, like, if you look at the deal year-to-year money-wise, the Steelers offered him more. They offered him more mm-hmm. before he left. They offered him, you know, he didn't get his max contract he was talking about. When he started this whole journey to become the highest-paid, you know, football player in the league or the highest-paid running back, you know, as position, he wanted to be a paid combination wide receiver and running back money because that's the player he is. He's a dual threat you can line him up in the slot. Like, he, he really could be. And that's why I thought the Steelers would incorporate him when we found that James Conner was that runner that we had. I thought we were like, 
you know, all right, perfect. We'll run James Conner three downs in the backfield, and let's line Antonio Brown and Le'Veon out wide every single play. But no, it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, Bell stood out the entire year. We all know the story, and now he's with the Jets. So I, I, I'm not as like pessimistic as Bush on this one. I think that they'll actually put up a fight in the AFC East. There's not any other no. like highlights in that division. I mean, Josh Allen's shown signs last year, but um, you know, with the Buffalo Bills. But I think they'll they'll be second in that division. I really do. I really do. And they have a, they have the third pick overall, I believe, in the draft this year. I, I think they could get second in that division, obviously behind the New England Patriots. Um, one interesting tidbit I saw, actually, I read today. Uh, Le'Veon kind of uh, went into his story about the whole season. I mean, I don't know if you remember, there's so many rumors going around like, oh, he's back week six. Oh, he's back week seven. Oh, he's back after the bye week. What was going to happen? He actually flew back to Pittsburgh, and, and everybody kind of knew that he was back in town for a couple days during the bye week. And we were all like, Man, it's gonna it's gonna happen. He he's back, and actually that was his intention. This article says he, he's quoted that that was his intention to actually come back. And then his agent, they actually found some new clause where like he didn't have to play any games to become a free agent. He thought that he had to play at least six games to become a free agent the following season. But once his agent finally read the the, the fine print, he didn't have to play any. Wow. So he actually at one point he said he had his car keys in his hand, was ready to go to the Steelers practice practice facility. Obviously, so unsure of how the team would accept him. And that's kind of around the same time when the agent called him and was like, yo, you don't have to do anything. And he's like, psych, see ya. And went back to Miami to party on jet skis for a couple more weeks. But he was inches back from being with the Steelers. And what that could have been the last six games of the season, I don't know. It might have thrown more fuel into the fire, and it probably would have even been a bigger shit show. But at least the guy has shown that like, he, he, he is a human. Like He did have, you know thoughts and I'm sure now maybe even some regrets that I mean he's getting paid but he's he didn't complete his goal of becoming you know the highest paid running back in the league Todd Gurley still owns that Mm -hmm. title so Um, Lev B put his car in park and threw on the free parking podcast I think he did yeah yeah yeah. I think he did he was one of the first park yeah one of the first people in the parking spot he he did not leave so you know leave his home that day Mm -hmm. um he had in the in the in the parking spot um so we'll see how that goes with the New York Jets this season all right, switching to college basketball. Um, big news, obviously, a couple weeks ago, Zion blowing his tire. Blowing Literally. his tire, not making it to the parking spot. <laughs> it, it, with the first Duke-UNC matchup of the year, literally a minute and change into the game, loses his shoe. He's back now. He is. He's back. And and you know what, Deves? I, I kicked your ass in that bet last night. I'm, I'm just going to straight up say it. Dude, I'm just going to sh- straight up say it. Sh- shut up. So UNC obviously went 2-0 during the season against Duke. Last night they played in, they met in the ACC tournament, and the line for the game was plus four UNC. So we're watching. We're about, I don't know, a quarter or two in. We weren't following it too closely, but all of a sudden UNC's up by what, six? They were up by like six or eight. Eleven. Eleven They were points. up by 11, 11 at the highest points, point? yeah. But uh, with Zion back, I'm, I'm all in on the guys, so I say to Bush, I'm like, dude, Couple bucks, couple bucks. Duke minus four. I still got a minus four, just like the opening line. The line probably moved at that point. Minus four, obviously. End of the game. Duke wins by one. I should have bet your money line, but I wasn't taking the money line bet. That was a losing bet. I I bet what I knew was going to win, and you know you had you had a Bud Light in you, so you know I, I was able to get you. A hey, plus at least four. at least you won one bet that night. You yeah, know what I mean? It's yeah, true. yeah, it's true. You won five bucks off me, but you lost a couple Benjis at the blackjack Ooh, table last night. I I'm did. Sure. Um, I had. Quite possibly the quickest trip in Atlantic City last night. I was there for let's ninety this minutes. Way. I was there for a total of ninety minutes, and an hour and forty five of those minutes, I was not sitting at the tables. Fifteen minutes of that ninety minutes, 
I lost $150 sitting at the blackjack table. <laughs> just shellacked. Just I, totally smacked by I the I didn't win one hand. I didn't win one hand. It was a, it was a sin. I should have got up and walked away. This lady sitting next to me was like hitting like blackjack. She was hitting all the match to the dealers and lucky ladies. And I'm over here like, all right, I got to switch tables. So I switched tables and that was the worst move I made because I went to the next table and lost everything. <laughs> Everything. Thank God I wasn't part of that excursion. I already yeah, left. I actually, yeah. you know, I wish I was part of that excursion because I don't know if my story is even better. Yeah. Which I'm not going to get into. No, nah, don't get into that. Anyway, we checked out early. Definitely. House always wins. House, House always, always wins. wins. Yep. So the other night, Bush and I were at the Flyers game. We uh, went to the Flyers versus Capitals. Um, obviously, it didn't turn out for the Flyers the way it did, but... The ride home for me also didn't turn out the way it did. I called Bush a couple times on the ride. Mm-hmm. Dude, what an absolute nightmare. Fiasco, man. Fiasco. It's, it's literally on a run of show of, like, Deaver's car fiasco. So I'm on my way home from the Flyers game, and I take the expressway all the way back to my house outside of Atlantic City. Um, and on my way there, I probably had, like, I felt like a quarter tank, which should get me to and from Philly. Mm-hmm. Didn't, you know, I had to get there on time. Didn't stop for gas. Mm-hmm. We go to the game. I get in my car. Start to leave. I get out of the stadium on the Walt Whitman Bridge. All of a sudden, I get like a ding on my car. Oh, ooh, uh, low tire pressure, back rear tire. I'm like, <laughs> my fuck. So I take a look, and uh, you know, I have like the call. It tells you each of the pressures, and the one was only it was only like a couple psi off. It wasn't a big deal, but it kind of sketched me out just because if it was cold, all the tires would be down. And I did hit a bump earlier, so I was like, dude, that's a nail. They're doing work by the Citizens Bank Park. I'm like, that is a nail. So I cross the bridge. I keep monitoring it. All of a sudden, I get about you know a couple more minutes, a couple miles down, and my gas light comes on. I'm like, fuck! Oh my god! So double trouble! Double trouble! I, you know, one of those like you turn the radio down. You know, and you're like, yes, you, you need yep, like you yep. need directions, and yep. like you, you're stressed yep. out driving. You yep. turn the radio down. So I was I was ripping one of the podcasts that I listen to. Uh, turn it down. I got a light on now, blinking, telling me at low gas. A light a light blinking for no tire pressure. I'm like. Can I make it? I'm like I'm like 45 minutes away, <laughs> so I start driving and I, I see a sign. I'm in the left lane the entire time, obviously of course. cruising, oh, even of course. even at this obviously, and I see the last sign for like Wawa gas last stop. I'm like, ooh, maybe I should have <laughs> hit that. Free so the rest stops and and there too. So the the rest stop on the expressway, the Farley Plaza Plaza or whatnot, mm-hmm. is like 20 20 miles away. So mm-hmm. or you know like 20, or yeah. probably 15 exits or whatever way. Kid you not. I putzed in to this, to this, like, the thing was screaming for gas. I was like, I need, I need gas. So I putzed in to this rest stop, barely make it, fill up on gas. Hey, man, you got air. Fill it up on air. Of course, I fill up the damn tire too high now. So instead of being too low, I'm, like, too high. I'm like, this thing's going to blow on the way. <laughs> Obviously, I stop into the uh, Quickie Mart to get a little little snack in me. You the know? Quickie Mart? Yeah. I mean, wait, wait, wait. You went to a Quickie Mart? No, that's in The Simpsons. But, like, whatever the Sunoco's convenience store is. Quickie Mart. Let's mark that one down, Jim. Right. Yeah, it's, Quickie a poo, Mart. it's a poo store in, in The Simpsons. Anyway, I popped in the Quickie Mart, got a vitamin water or something. Anyway, back on the road, right? Full gas and extra full tire. Whew, turn my music back on, I'm going, right? So that's part one of this fiasco. The next one, I'm already on the road for more time than I should have been. So I'm cruising, and all of a sudden up ahead, I see like, I see cop lights, and which is like standard late night AC expressway, people getting lit up for speeding. But the cops in the left lane instead of the right lane usually pull over the shoulder, and I'm like, hmm. So I go in the right lane. All of a sudden, the cops lights are in the right lane. Huh. I go back to the left lane. This goes back and forth. The cop is literally left lane to right lane. He's way ahead. But as I come closer, I see a couple more cars. 
And he's not stopped. Uh-huh. There's no accident. There's no somebody pulled over. Uh-huh. He is literally swerving <laughs> at six miles an hour, swerving on the AC Expressway. It's me and like three other cars, just following this one cop, swerving from left lane to right lane, left lane to right lane, shoulder shoulder to the medium. And I'm like, what could possibly be going on? Uh-huh. All of a sudden, another cop pulls up. Another cop pulls up, and those guys are hand-in-hand, like, riding the dividers between, you know, all three lanes, right? right. They were in the middle two on the dotted line. Right. Six miles an hour. I'm like, man, I got to figure out what's going on here. <laughs> Helicopter. Oh. Helicopter buzzes <laughs> over. Lights down, real low. Yeah. We're right over top. I'm like, dude, something is happening right now. Mm. All of a sudden, I'm too preoccupied with these cops that I miss my damn exit. <laughs> so I missed my damn exit, and now I'm like, I'm in it now. I'm yeah. in it. I mean, we're going six miles an hour on the expressway. It's going to take me like 25, 30 minutes to get to the next one. <laughs> These cops have their spotlights in the woods, dude. In the So we got helicopter, we got two cops, and then I see like a spotlight in the woods on the expressway. I lock my doors. I thought there was some like mass murder. <laughs> pull them up, pop lock them up. Lock them up. Oh, there's some mass murder going to pull out and like, you know, try to jump my car and GTA me. But No. We keep going for probably, again, like another 15 minutes. Literally, I, 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 I could have wrote a novel in the time that we were in the car. Um, we pull up. Oh, see, I see lights ahead. I see cones. Fucking road work. Fucking road work, dude. They're doing road work. And the cops were slowed down. They were slowing traffic down just so they could set up the road work. So not only did it take me two hours to get home to the flowers game the other night, but I had to fill up my gas tank, fill up my tire with air, and then I had an extra half an hour because of my... Dumbass wanted to follow these cops and see what the hell was going on. It's an Odyssean tragedy. Part one <laughs> and part two, Odyssean tragedy. I get home. I had plan. Like you know, I was gonna stay up, do stuff, just right to bed. After that loss of for the flyers, and then my personal loss of just I don't know an hour of my time. Yeah, you left your dignity at that quickie mart. You Let's ended that. Yeah. You end the day. You yeah. end the day on that one. Yeah, that's that's done. So the next day I went back. I released air on my tire. All good now. Knock on wood. But <laughs> yeah, jeez. It's been smooth sailing back and forth to the Wells Fargo Center of late, but that was a nightmare. <sighs> Hate to see it. Bush, didn't you have a run-in with your car a couple weeks ago? I literally... I, you weren't moving. The car was stagnant the entire time, but you had a run-in too. Quickly, just tell us. What, what happened? All right, here's the, the abridged version very quick. I wake up. My roommate bangs on my door, says, hey, Justin, your door was open. I had to open your door and shut it. I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? I live of in car. Of my car. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is real whack. Like, I don't know what's going on. So I go down to my car and look at it, and my car looked like a bomb went off on the inside. I had, like, a car vacuum, all my stuff in my glove compartment, and et cetera. Which, which is not – which is usual for your car, right? The car usually looks like a bomb went off, but it wasn't your bomb. It wasn't my bomb. Let's put it that way. It wasn't my bomb. So I'm like, all right, this is this is whack. Well, so, the nine water bottles on the floor are out of place. Yeah, yeah. That water bottle was facing left last time I checked. No. So I get in there and I'm like, all right, yo, so-and-so, did you mess with my car when you opened the door? Like, just be real with me because – Thought I, your dudes were messing with you. Yeah, I thought my boys were messing with me. So then I get a text and he's like, hey, man – so-and-so's car got broken into same street six houses down Down the road and i'm i'm over here going okay all right my car just got broken into i don't know what's going on so i'm going through every nook and cranny of my car trying to figure out what they took from me they didn't take a thing you had like six jackets your golf clubs i had a garmin gps i had my gopro i had all this different flyers gear from the night before. I had so much stuff in that car. Not a single piece was missing. And you know what? This guy probably did it to me on purpose. The old Dane Cook B&E did the, 
I'm going to go mess up this guy's car. So now forever, he's going to be thinking about what did that guy take from my car? (laughs) Every time he gets in his car, it's going to be, oh my goodness, what did he take when he broke into my car? And he didn't take anything. So now I'm here like, I don't know what the heck's going on. So yeah, my car got broken into. Everything was okay. didn't take anything. I think he was just looking for cash because he stole money out of my buddy's car down the street. But yeah. That you know of. That I know of, right. What the hell did he take out of my car? What did he take out of my car? He didn't want the tailor-made driver in the back? He didn't take my clubs. You know what? He must be close to you because he probably sees how you treat that driver. True. Way left every single time. Yeah, in the woods. He's like, this thing's broke. Yeah, I got the hooks, man. (laughs) It's a sin. You probably could have recycled all the plastic in your car for like, I don't know, a couple bucks. Yeah, he didn't even take the bottles. Like the hot, like the Hawaii main five cents, I always thought it said, hi, me five cents. Like the bottles like, hi, no, he, five cents. I mean, I guess he didn't have any means of transportation to get the main, but if he did, right. he probably would have had like, I don't know, 70, 75 cents. 75 cents. That's, yeah, enough, for for, that's enough for a gumball. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Mickey D's dollar menu at most. Oh, true, true. And you he, also know about that? Yeah, I'm very familiar with the McDonald's menu. So not a good, not a good week for the the car named podcast. Yeah. You guys drive, you know, yeah. got our the, the host cars. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Well, we'll look to better horizons, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, better security systems. So mentioned in the you know earlier parts of this podcast, we brought on a lifetime Giants fan. He is pure blood. You know, uh, like Deaver mentioned, his family is season ticket holder, and and he is just true blood. Flew down to uh, what was it? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flew down to Charlotte for the Panthers Giants game. He's been through Super Bowls and he's been through the lowest of the low so far. Well, I don't know if they hit the lowest yet. They're there. They're there. Anyway, we got them here with us, and uh, let's talk about OBJ and uh, a little bit about the Browns. And without further ado, we'd like to welcome on our official Giants correspondent, Dan O'Keefe. Dan, what's up, man? How you been? Um, I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? Pleasure to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to be here in the beautiful town of Galloway and uh, talk about some New York Giants football. Disaster right now. Honestly, disaster. I, I'm surprised the the whole city hasn't burnt down. Northern New Jersey, which is already probably seeping at the at the seams, but North Jersey just falling back into the Atlantic Ocean over this trade, man. OBJ, Odo Beckham Jr. recently traded to the Cleveland Browns for a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers. OBJ, gone. Dan, wide uh, open for you. You know, it's just. I, as a New York Giants fan, I've been born and raised one, you know. Grandpa on my mom's side had season tickets. Dad's been a New York Giants fan since he was born, too. So always, you know, being South Jersey, shit end of the stick. Philly people hate me, always. It was always me and, like, Still two do. other. Yep. Still do. Yeah. Still do. <laughs> Still people always hounding me. My, I, now, being a teacher, my students know I'm a New York Giants fan. They're coming in. What do you think of the trade? Day before, oh, I got just released uh, Landon Collins. Oh, great! Let's well, well, dumpster fire. Absolute you're just dumpster fire. Rattled on by fourteen year olds. Fourteen year olds are ripping me apart, and I've got no words to defend myself because, as a New York Giants fan, we just want to know what the f- is going on. So, so as you said, you're a lifetime Giants fan. You grew up like that. Verbatim, give me what your father said about this trade. Uh. First what the hell are they he, doing? Yeah. <laughs> First thing he said. I, I came downstairs. Uh, well, I forget what I was doing. On my phone, whatever. Get the news, social media, friends, m- me and my uh, college buddies, Giants, group chat. Go downstairs. Uh, we just traded 
Odell Beckham to the Cleveland Browns. What? Why? What are they doing? <laughs> For what? Uh, a first, a third, and Drew Bill Peppers. Who? <laughs> Drew Bill Peppers. So, so, in his, so in the, honestly, honestly, in the Giants' offense, like I, I know I'm also biased because of the whole Antonio Brown trade, which we talked about a little bit last episode. The Steelers got back a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown, which, I mean, again, I'm biased, but you guys can fill it in. Like, I think Antonio Brown is an overall better receiver than Odell Beckham Jr. I think he is. I think he brings more to the table. OBJ is a highlight film with cleats, but I think Antonio Brown, you know, game to game, like, he's your guy. You throw him a ball anytime, and he's making that play. Where OBJ, I feel like it was a little more one-dimensional, maybe with, like, the deep threats, where Antonio Brown is good from, you know, a wide receiver screen to that deep bomb Hail Mary pass. Yeah, I agree. I also so think... When uh, they, so when the Giants got a first third in Jabril Peppers, who was re- most recently a first-round pick, and Jabril Peppers, which I've all, we've all... I mean, I've also followed because he's a New Jersey guy, went to high school in North Jersey, went to Michigan, which is a college football team I follow, was sick there, and then goes to the Giants. Like, that's an awesome return. If I was the Giants right now, the only thing that throws a wrench in it is that they re-signed Eli Manning. I think I think if this trade happens, they move on from Eli. They're they're in full rebuild mode. But when you bring back Eli Manning for what another two seasons, he's back for another two seasons. Like you're not defining what this team is right now. Like they're not in a rebuild. They're not in they're not in win now mode at all. They're just in limbo with some picks, another first round pick, which is the sixth pick of this year's draft, and an aging quarterback who hasn't shown his stuff, like, you know, from his previous years in the last, I don't know, four? I mean, the last, you know, two, three seasons, we just have been showing no tendency to get better as an organization. Like, we're making moves that aren't helping our team. It's a broken record now as a Giants fan base or anybody in a fan of the NFL, Giants offensive line fucking sucks. Yeah. And we're not making any moves, and... You know, this year, like you said, we got two first rounds, a second, a third, two fourths, two fifth, three fifths, you know, but we're notoriously known for being terrible drafters. Mm-hmm. I would love to see, you know, maybe some trades made with those picks since we have so many, but mm-hmm. it's, I don't have hope that they will do anything smart because they never do anything smart. Right. Yeah, like even if Eli's out, right? Like they draft Haskins, they, they trade up maybe and get this Kyler Murray pick, uh, you know, the, the first from the Cardinals. They get, I don't know if they trade and get Josh Rosen. There's a lot of like speculation and possibilities out there. But like regardless, even though Eli's not the answer, the offensive line is just garbage. They're a wide open door, game in, game out. Uh, do you see this year being like Saquon getting run into the ground this year? I think it's kind of... All they have on O, right? I mean, yeah, he's really our only threat at all because, like you said, Eli has just been on the decline for the past two years, and it's clearly evident to everyone in the world except the Giants organization. And, you know, one can hope maybe we get Haskins. I don't know. A lot of people are saying we want him. I don't really, I don't really see any true, like, future uh, – Quarterback. Like quarterback, like yeah. a team franchise, franchise quarterback. quarterback, thank you. Franchise quarterback in this draft class. Yeah. So maybe that's why maybe they're keeping hold, hold out on Eli one yeah. more year and maybe that's why they're doing it. Continue this quote unquote rebuild that's been happening for the past three years. But you know, everyone else is making moves that are making their teams better in the NFC East and in the league as a whole. And I feel like we're just, like you said, stuck in limbo. Shit like this can happen with the Dolphins, shit like this can happen with the Titans, shit like this can happen with you know, the Cardinals or even, like, 
I would even say like the Seahawks, who've been a Super Bowl team recently. Like stuff can happen there, but when you're play, when you play for the New York Football Giants in that market, in that town, I mean, you can't have these years of limbo and mediocrity. Like they need to do something, stat, and this is a step backwards for sure. Especially you know with the talent we had last year, it was, you know, Odell was hurt here and there and like didn't play too many games, but. The amount of talent we have, and they just don't do anything with it. It's, it's crazy, and it's it's painful. And I I went to two games last year. I flew down to Charlotte and went to the Panthers game. Uh, and you know, Electric Factory, like that was the yeah. last second field goal, right? Last second field 30 goal, thirty or something. Yeah, we we finally scored thirty points first time in like two seasons. <laughs> I'm going ballistic in the crowd, and then I look at the clock. Oh shit, we're only up two with one minute left. I looked at my buddy and said, We're losing this game. I know we are. I know we're losing this game. And then whatever that guy's name hit a Rojas? S- Is it Rojas for the kicker? Rojas for the Giants. I've uh, the Panthers kicker. Oh, that's name right. That's what I'm sorry. Is uh, escaping my mind right now, but he goes it kicks a boot sixty three yards, I believe, and just Sinks it. Sinks it. And then I went to, you know, the Cowboys game where they last game of the season last year and we lost in the a last a last play thing too. So it's just, it's so New York Giants. It's insane how how uh, heart wrenching it is these past few seasons. And this Odell trade, you know, people are saying, oh, he's a locker room cancer. Maybe it'll be better for us. Is a special talent. Someone like that you want on your team for their skill. You know, maybe the whatever the infamous boat picture and all that mm-hmm. shit, you know, but someone like that, like him and Saquon could have been truly special. They only got like half of the season to really play yeah. games together. And, you know, Saquon, I think he'll just get ran into the ground this season and every defense will be playing for it. And yeah. I, I, I definitely don't see anything too successful coming out of this uh, upcoming season. Yeah, one thing I wish wanted to reiterate as well is, as an Eagles fan, we picked up Golden Tate for the remainder of his contract last season. What was it, nine, six, eight games, whatever. And he never really produced. He was never really anything that special. He had one touchdown catch, I believe, in the Bears game that won the game. Yes. No, yeah. No, and the Giants are trying to justify this OBJ trade by signing Golden Tate to a four-year deal. I don't know the number on that, but whatever it was, it's way too much. Yeah. Golden Tate is not a guy who can come in and fulfill that role that OBJ had. And for Golden Tate to, to walk into this organization and be like, yep, I'm going to fix everything, is a joke, especially for four years. Like, you're not signing Golden Tate for four years. Couple Bad move. A couple of years ago, absolutely. Right now, mm, I am going to have to agree with you on that yeah. one, Bush. It's just, I mean, I guess from their standpoint, yeah, they're going to have to bring in a receiver that, you know, Obviously, huge shoes to fill with OBJ, but it's not. He's not even. He's OBJ's hypothetical size Deaver's foot, and <laughs> uh, Golden Tate's foot is a toddler. Yeah, you know? yeah. You can't fill those shoes. Yeah, you can't fill them. Four years, thirty-seven and a half million. Too much. Twenty-three guaranteed. Yeah, too much. Too much. So, so Golden Tate, like, I, I, I do think the Eagles didn't utilize him to his Agreed. full potential mm-hmm. last year. Like, I think he could have had a better season last year. But he doesn't work as a number one anymore no. in the National no. Football League. Like he no. would be the, if they had the wide receiver trio of OBJ, Golden Tate, and then your third is um, Shepard. So, yeah, Sterling Shepard. Like that's disgusting. And you bring in a young quarterback. You with, have Saquon. With Saquon, yeah. With Saquon, you draft an offensive lineman. Like that is a sick 
offense, right? You have Haskins or Murray or whatever they do in the draft. You know, obviously not Eli, not the answer. Yeah. But you have him as a two. He's going to get a ton of catches. They're going to be doubling OBJ. But now as a one, like, I don't know if his, if his short game will work. And for the money they paid him for four years, like, hopefully they go out in the draft and get some guy who, who can run routes deep because Tate's that under option, which I don't, I, I don't, I mean, at least Eli will be able to get the ball out quicker to him. I mean, don't forget, Eli Manning is under center and really can't make those throws anymore and isn't quick enough to do anything smart. And he hasn't done anything smart the last two seasons. So I think really that's the biggest problem that is going to be looking so, forward to the next so two you seasons. Have a, you could have a wide receiving core of like Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, OBJ, and let's say Antonio Brown, and still you think he'd be throwing ducks. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I also think that, you know, with Golden Tate obviously not having an extended contract with the Eagles, that he probably could have gone to the Giants either way for a lesser amount of money if OBJ had stayed. So they could have had that hypothetical scenario you just said yeah. had they not been idiots about this whole scenario because who cares if he's locker room cancer? He's a generational talent. <clears throat> he's on covers all over the place. That one-handed grab he had, I was like, we're never going to beat the Giants ever again. Luckily, the Eagles always somehow do good against the Giants, but still, man, like that hypothetical scenario you just said, mm-hmm. that could have been deadly. That's nasty. could have been deadly. I mean, that's, that's deadly for the NFC East, it would have been at least, right? Mm-hmm. Very. Um, because you don't have – where else in the in the NFC East other than the Eagles, really, do you have that mm-hmm. kind of nasty core? I mean, with the Eagles, you got Alshon, you got Aguilar, now you have Deshaun Jackson back, you had Matt Collins, you have all these guys who were pretty good together. I mean, they won a Super Bowl mm-hmm. with that squad. So, I mean, they, they're they a proven, legitimate core receiving. But, dude, I couldn't name you more than one wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, or I couldn't even name you anybody from the Redskins wide receiver. Like, mm-hmm. they're just... No, they're, yeah, no. so they would have... That hypothetical scenario could have been a nasty NFC East. Yeah? Yeah. So let's let's flip gears here. Let's flip from the, the, the 1998 Toyota Corolla, which is breaking down slowly but surely, piece by piece, and let's flip over to the, the hot new 2019, uh, I don't know, I want to say Ford Mustang, the hot new... Uh, it's not a Lambo yet, but it's a it's a muscle car. It's a mid tier car. The, the Cleveland Browns. I'm talking about. Oh, I'm talking about God. the new thing, the new shiny pearl in the National Football League. Last year we saw glimpses of excellence uh, out of Baker Mayfield. Once they got rid of Hugh Jackson, Baker steps in, takes over the starting role. Um, their best season, what in the past ten, mm-hmm. um, at least. That's crazy so, to think about. So now the the Browns reload. They obviously lose Peppers on the D side. I mean, with this lineup of Baker Mayfield. Odo Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, who was nasty last year, who is a perfect two, like kind of like that Golden Tate scenario. Like he's an awesome two. He was a good one, but he will be an awesome two. Najoku is a disgusting linebacker or a tight end. I don't know if you guys have seen um, any of Hard Knocks last year with the Browns, but that guy is a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Chubb, I don't know if I said him already. Um, and one thing that we just got news of when he's coming back, Kareem Hunt will be back in eight games for the Browns. Dude, this team is stacked. I think their their front office, after being the joke laughing stock of pretty much professional sports for the past however many years, they've unraveled an orange carpet right to the playoffs. Yeah, I think that. I think my Steelers go 0-2 against them in the AFC in the AFC North. Wow. I think they go 0-2 against them. I think I think OBJ and Jarvis Landry actually absolutely light up the Pittsburgh Steelers. I broke down a couple stats to you, what Bush last night of the, of their stats versus the Steelers. Our secondary is trash, notoriously trash for the past couple years. They're gonna light it up, and if they're not doing it with the deep ball, they're doing it with the with, with, with who they have in the backfield. And I think I think the Browns, although they may not, I I don't know if they're a lock for the division, but they're definitely the the front runner. 
Absolutely. And I'm taking a look at their schedule right now. They have Bills, Dolphins, Rams, Seahawks. Those are, I mean, they're going up against the former Super Bowl Super Bowl runner-up. They have a chance to win with this current squad they have. I mean, the Rams' defense is solid. They didn't show that in the Super Bowl, but they are statistically solid. And now you you have all these weapons you're throwing at them. And then you also they also play the Patriots this year. They play the Rams and the Pats this year. Looking at the Browns schedule right now, off the top of my head, like I see four losses. Seriously, I see four losses. Four losses. I see them going yeah. four. They play the Pats. They play the Rams. They play the Seahawks. Um, they'll probably split with a couple of their division rivals. Uh, but other than that, they got the Bills, Dolphins, Cardinals, 49ers, Jets, who we don't know how the Jets will be with, with Le'Veon Bell. We'll get uh-huh. to that a little bit later. But, like, they could – they could go, 10 and 6 is, like, probably the right number for them. And I know the overall yeah. said it 8.5, but – Dan, let, uh, let's go through the schedule and let's see what you got to say about uh, if they're going to win or not per game. So let's see. We'll start with the uh, Browns and the Bills. <coughs> who are you taking in that game? I'm taking the Browns. Okay. Dolphins? Browns. 2-0. Rams? Rams. Two and one. Seahawks. Browns. Patriots. Three and one. Uh, they got come a on, shot. Give me an upset. They got a no! shot. Give me an upset. I don't, I don't know. Like I, once I see the four games, I, then I would be able to confidently say it. But fuck it, let's take the Browns against nice. the Pats. Four, four, four and one. Like Jets. Browns. 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 And then Ravens. Browns. Bengals. Bengals, maybe they split the Bengals? Let's say they split with all the division rivals. Dude, like, we're, we're right there. At like what is 12. their final record? That I mean, we're right there at about, like, 10 and, 10 and 6. Like, that's what uh, – yeah, that is a legitimate team. That yeah, 10 and 6, 11, probably 11 and 5. But I'm going to – 11 and 5. 11 and 5. Mr. Yeah, guarantee, Mr. Yep. O'Keefe's guarantee. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, – Well, I think the only problem that the Browns are going to have this year is uh, – Getting Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry out of the bedroom from sucking each other. <laughs> <laughs> true, very true. Former college uh, teammates at LSU, and they've you know played each high school together. Yeah, Those guys were... suck each other off more than any other players <laughs> in the NFL. And now their dream comes true. Odell, I'm, I'm glad you're happy, buddy. I'm glad you're happy on the Cleveland Browns. They were playing patty cake on the sideline. We're like, hey, you guys got to go. We're, we're, we're on offense now. Guys, hold on. Hold on one second. Hold on. We're almost done this game. They can even go fish or whatever they're doing on the side. Who knows? Yeah. Honestly, though, the, the whole yacht thing, uh, the Miami thing, when you guys were in the playoffs or you know about to go into the playoffs a couple years ago, I don't know. Could it bubble over more? Maybe these guys will be gamers and they know they have a chance to win here with the Browns, but like... Two party boys. I mean, jokes aside, the chemistry that those two are going to have on the field is, is going to be unmatched. And Baker's an absolute electric factor yeah. as a quarterback. I think those three are – they're going to shake up the league major this season. It's almost getting turned – it's literally getting turned outside from an 0-16 team to, you know, a couple years ago to now one of the favorites of their division and maybe now a new player in the AFC conference as a whole. Right. All right, Dan, so – Final thoughts. If you were sitting in a room right now with the New York Giants GM, what's that conversation like? Uh, I would just love to know where where the team's headed. Like, is it another rebuilding rebuilding year? Is next year going to be another rebuilding year? What are we doing with Eli? It's it, yeah. Like, what's there's the so one? many questions of just where are you headed, and like in a game of chess, like is this, like moving OBJ like a pawn move? In this whole grand scheme of things, or is this you know? Are we moving our queen? What are we doing? Is that yeah? Are we lining is, is up that, for a checkmate? Are we yeah, lining up for a checkmate? Or are we? What's where's your head at? What's going to happen? And I think after the draft, it's really if we have a successful draft this year, 
which we never do, then maybe I'll figure out where his head's at. But, you know, it's just pure, what are you doing, I think, is the conversation. Definitely, because, you know, you look at the Giants right now, and with all these what-ifs, you have no idea what's going on. And you can compare this Giants team right now to the Sixers when they started the process. There were so many what-ifs. We didn't know if the process was going to work, but it did. And I don't know if the Giants can, you know, pull something off like this, but... I mean, looking back to 2013, that's six years later. Is it going to take six years for the Giants to be a legitimate team again? I think it'll take six years, you know, to, to have this turnaround. But I think back to Dan's point, like, they don't even – we don't even know if it's a true turnaround yet. We don't know if it's a true rebuild yet where the Sixers were like, no, 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 we're right. – I mean, not – they didn't come out and say we're tanking, but, like, look at they the were. lineups they've had. They, they were tanking, right? They were accumulating picks, made a couple mistakes in the draft early on, but, like, they were actually tanking. And the Giants, I think, like, they're a football team that really can't with that fan base, with the New York market. Like, I don't know if they can truly fully tank, right? If you have the Giants go, you know, say in the next three years, the Giants have a combined total of, like, eight wins. Like, I, I don't know what comes of I don't know what comes of that. It's bad for the league, honestly. It's bad for the league. And I don't know if they, like, let it happen, per se. Not that they would, you know, take any action. But, like, you, you can't let one of your biggest historic franchises dwindle like that. Right. Another thing, too, the Ben McAdoo last season or two seasons ago pulling of Eli Manning. At the time, did you agree with it, and do you wish he was still the head coach and had pulled through with it? Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, ben McAdoo can uh, <laughs> flush himself down the toilet. Um, I, at the time, I didn't agree with it. I think it should have happened this year, but, you know, uh, the backup quarterback, UCLA, I believe, is escaping me. We, we like, released them after, you know, after a preseason, and then we were like, wait, who who's behind Eli right now? Who, you know, Eli's supposed to be the classic, like, mentor quarterback, has a lot of experience, um, but we released the guy that we've just wasted, I believe, a top-five draft pick on to step in behind him, and then w- w- what was happening? It's just what are we doing in terms of our quarterback and the organization? And, you know, going back to the rebuilding thing, what scares me of the fact that we're not rebuilding this season is, you know, the signing of Golden Tate. Like, okay, you let go of OBJ and you're trying to sign a uh, wide receiver to fill those shoes. And then making Jerboe Peppers part of that trade the day after we get rid of Landon Collins. It's like they're replacing pieces they're getting rid of. So it's not really a rebuilding process. True. Very true. <laughs> Not to change subjects, but going back to your uh, backup quarterback thing, is the guy you're talking about Kyle Lauletta? No. Lauletta. Okay, well, anyway, Kyle Lauletta, one of the Giants' backup quarterbacks, uh, was arrested midseason last year for disobeying police, disorderly conduct. Apparently had a it wasn't that guy. It wasn't that guy? No, but, you know, that's a classic New York Giants, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, who's in, the, who's in the hopper? Who's uh, in the we, chamber right now? I don't now? think like, we have nobody anybody behind up. you. Like there's me. nobody lined up behind a quarterback where you need a solid backup. You need someone, man. I mean, there's no, I, the, it's safe to say Eli Manning will never get hurt, though, because he falls to the ground prior to getting sacked every <laughs> offensive play. So he, he's taking his injury out of the conversation. I think I, I'm just picking... I'm looking back at the, the Giants, the Eli Manning meme where you're just making that one face on the sideline like, like that, that face. That's the Giants right now. That's, and I think that, that's that just perfectly sums up the fan base, the, the front office, the team as a whole. Everybody's just kind of like, I don't, I don't see us getting rid of that face for another – I don't think we'll get rid of him for another two years. Two no. years. You're, you're putting a two-year number on the till it's winning season again? 
Yes. I think you got to okay. go higher than that. I think you got to go higher than that, to be honest with you. Especially, especially. No, 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 no not a winning season. Not a winning season. Until we get rid of Eli Manning, I believe. Or until Eli Manning's not a team nuisance anymore, where it's just, what is he, like, why is he on the field? I think we're going to, I believe he'll play this season uh, out. And, you know, next season, I, I, I think next season, hopefully that this draft class for a quarterback is better. But like I said, who fucking knows what we're going to do with this draft class? Are we going to take Haskins? Are we not going to take Haskins? Are we going to try to get a quarterback? Is it worth it to get a quarterback? From what you told me, from what I've seen, they're going to mess it up. (laughs) 100%. 100%. And I, as a fan for the past years of them just messing it up, you know, two Super Bowls uh, when I was like in middle school, it was, yeah, fantastic. New York Giants fan. But in this past, it's, just time after time, we're messing it up. We're messing it up. We're messing it up. We're losing the close games. We're losing on a 63-yard field goal. We're losing fourth quarter. We can't score more than 30 points. It's it's abysmal. It's absolutely abysmal. It's almost like the trade with the Browns was actually handing over the baton to the Giants to be the new Browns of the league. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, what it yeah. is. Like, it's like, hey, we're going to trade these spaces. players. It's like, oh, also, by the way, you have to be the new laughing stock because now we're pretty sick and you guys are an absolute joke. All right, Dan. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. No problem. Yep. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for coming, brother. All right. Thanks, Dan, for coming on. Uh, I think Giants fans will be having a couple of these these cocktails over the next couple of <laughs> seasons to drown out their sorrows. But uh, everybody's favorite topic of the week, the beer review. And we can't do the signature click here. We have bottles today, uh, yeah. but we'll give it a shot. That wasn't bad. That was pretty good. Decent. So we have, I would say this is my all-time favorite, Yingling Traditional Lager Original Amber Beer. Green bottles, you know, that amber fade with it. You love to see it. And as discussed last podcast, you know, we we saw 4.6%, I believe Jim said. And... What do you think, boys? I don't know how the, I don't know how your favorite beer could be my favorite beer too. But Yangling has a special place in my heart. Probably one of the first beers I started drinking. Also, probably love it just because it's it's a local beer. You know, right, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Um, Pottsville. Pot, sorry, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Pottstown. Yeah. Um, they've actually expanded to Tampa. I don't know if you knew that. They're they're kind of really? getting up and down the East Coast. They have a, yeah, they have a brewery in Tampa as well. That's news. Yeah. So when you're wow. on the site, you know, so if you're down in Florida, like this isn't just now. A, you know, a tri-state. Uh, Del, Val- Del Valley beer. Uh, they're they're in Florida. So I don't know about further ado. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Oh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, clink. That that should that's be That's it. Right, here that's we go. It. Mm. it just brings me back to to I don't know. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. <sighs> Probably halfway done now. So this. I'll start off. This beer is a it's a certain like we talk about the you know the tailgate beer or the summer beer the beach beer like this beer, it's pretty versatile. I agree. I think it's versatile as any. Like it, yeah. it works so well on the golf course. It works so well like backyard backyard party. It works so well in the winter too because it's like a heavier beer. Yes. Um, I think it's a it's a twenty four seven three sixty five beer. Um, but what I will you know one one I guess notch on it is I can't drink. A lot of them. They're it's heavy. Very heavy. They're heavy. I mean, it is. It's, it's the only fir- the first sip I take is just. It's heavy. different. Yeah. Where like you you know Coors Lights or Bud Light if you're going out you know to a a game or, or whatnot and you're drinking a lot of them like it flows easy. They're pretty much all light and crisp. This one though like is a great dinner beer. Mm-hmm. It's a great um, you know 
you're having you're having a six pack of these. Definitely. You know, another thing I want to add too is that you know this beer, while is not while it is made in America, not Ireland. You know, this does it, this would do it for me on St. Patty's Day. The green bottle. The green bottle does it, man. It, it's just a, a nice little long neck traditional lager. Oh, and then oh, you know what I just noticed. Right here, the little rays on the can. I never saw this before. American owned. It's awesome. I love that. Yeah, pretty sure it's the same. It's the same family. family. Yeah, it's the same family since American they since they operating. founded, and it's America's oldest brewery. Um, I don't know the exact stats on that, but I just know it's been toted in their marketing. Eighteen twenty nine. Eighteen twenty nine. Right here outside of Philadelphia. Right by that bald eagle. You gotta love it. All right, so let's uh, let's get into the rating here. This I'm very biased, man. This is one of my favorites. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna finally make the peak. You think seven one? Wow, seven, seven one. one, seven one. So I guess if, if you're at the peak, this is my peak. I think. Watch me climbing past you. I'm gonna peak your peak. No. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more than that, dude. I, I like you said. It might be a little bit biased, but like this beer is just seven point six. Wow, that is hot. Seven point six, and you know why I say seven point six? 1776. Okay, America, America's oldest beer. Yep. The year America was founded, yep. Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. All kinds of floats into the Philly area, you yep. know, kind of mold. Yep. 7.6 for me on the Yangling. Jimbo. Uh, not as high on this beer as you boys are. Oh, uh, God. Oh, God. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's good, but I can't get as excited as you guys, but. Um, I'm gonna go with a six point two. Oh God, dude! Yeah, I mean, he's uh, above a six. It's, Wait, it's, did it's, you rate Natty higher? I would rate Natty higher. Oh <laughs> my six God! Cut three. Cut, cut, cut this out. <laughs> cut this cut out. Cut this out. That's not cool. Is Jim the new villain? Is he the villain of the pod? He's, he's the in beer the, villain. He's the beer villain. He's I the think. beer villain. I'll bring an IPA next week, and you. You're topsy turvy. You're topsy turvy on your beers. Uh, All right, we got a seven point one from Bush. A seven point six. Um, from Deaver and a 6.1? Two. Sorry, 6.2 from Jim. Thanks for that extra decimal there. Might come in handy in the future. You're on our list. Yeah, 6.2 this, Jim. This is a great beer. Here, give me that. Actually, let me have the rest of yours if you're not going to treat it right. Thanks. Double fist in here, Yankees. Yeah, you know what? Give me a double fist cheers because... A six point. This actually is exactly how you're not supposed to drink Yingling. <laughs> Two of these in like 35 seconds. So that wraps it up for our beer review this week. Uh, awesome, awesome Yingling guys. Keep uh, keep tweeting, commenting on Instagram, send in your submissions. We'll review pretty much any every beer that you guys send in at this point. Like yeah. we're we're looking for some send some anything. fire. Yeah, I mean absolutely got, anything. Right, like like we said recently, like something that's you know available, accessible everywhere that we could snag. Like send it over. So here we are at the final segment of the day, as always, the shit you don't say segment, quite possibly my, my most favorite. As we said last episode, I'm the shit you don't say guy. Um, last, I, had, I had a whammy this week. Yeah, Deves, uh, you know, I, I was sad when I heard that you had one because, you know, we're supposed to be up on this upper echelon of we're judging other people on their shit <laughs> they don't say. They shouldn't say. And we literally, not only did we both have one, but mine might have been like the top three of you never say this. Yeah, yeah, bad move. And it wasn't like, it, honestly, in all honesty, I was actually being nice. It wasn't bad at all. But anyway, so my girlfriend and I were about to head out to the gym. Um, she comes by um, to my office because we leave from there usually. And, um, you know, we're taking like a little pre-workout before we go to the gym, right? So mm-hmm. she, she, she downs hers. I take, I, I'm drinking mine. So then I look over at her and 
all of a sudden I see like she's getting red in the face, like flush in the face, like a rash, like a rash. Like when I drink alcohol, my face breaks. Yes, when Jimmy drinks certain types of alcohol, alcohol like weird vodka flavors, his face gets all red and like hivey. Confirmed. So I thought she was having like a reaction to this pre workout, which she's taken before, but like who knows like what kind of side effects it has. You know, it gets your blood pumping or whatnot. So I'm like. Oh my god, are, are you okay? And she like, you know, thinks she has like a spider on her shoulder. She's like, "What? What? What?" And I'm like, "Your face, it's it's all red." And she's like, "What? What the fuck? Am I am I ugly? Am I ugly?" I'm like, "What? No. I'm just trying to make sure you're okay, being baby, like, please." Oh my babe, babe, wait, babe. Wait, what? <laughs> I had no idea what I what I just unfolded or, you know, erupted. And little did I know she, I guess, like popped and pimp, popped a pimple a little bit earlier. Oh. Like, which is you couldn't even notice it. You couldn't even tell. But apparently, I, I don't know. I opened a, a, a wound. A can of worms. Yeah, can of, thank yeah. you guys. I opened a can, oh, of, worms. can yeah. of worms. But I was trying to be in the, the the concerned boyfriend of yeah. like making sure her health was okay. She didn't want to go to the gym. She was like, "We're out. I'm leaving." Um, no. Yeah, she was like, "I'm leaving. I'm not going." I'm like, "You look beautiful, honey. You're fine. It's fine. Like, you, I can't even tell. I'm just making sure you're okay." <laughs> and so I got lit up. Uh, we didn't. We didn't work out together that day. She she went up to. She did the. Well, I'm not going on the treadmill, but right. she spent a little more extra time on the treadmill. And then we oh. finally met up at the end for a little car, a little uh, more cardio. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was not, definitely in the doghouse for like an hour. Not a good. Yeah, I was definitely in the doghouse for like that entire hour. <laughs> Which again, I was just. But shit, you don't say. Yeah. Like just. You don't say it. Yeah. So, Bush, you you had one this week too, right? I mean, we wanted to, like, we were calling out other people shit you don't say that we've heard. Yeah. But now I had that big one. You got one too. Yeah. So, I'm doing dishes at my house and I'm using a sponge that was probably six months past being replaced. Oof. So, you, everyone knows what that sponge looks like. Oh, it. yeah. it's got It's got marinara sauce mixed in there. Yeah, a little grease on the ends. Yeah, man. It's got all that stuff. So, and you know your dishes aren't anywhere near clean. Uh, so yeah. like that no thing, scrubbing power yeah, on you're it. You're literally just... using a dirty sponge to clean dirty dishes. So, ultimately, you're getting a dirty dirty dish. dirty dish that you think is clean. Correct. Regardless, I still put it in the drying rack. Anyway, I all my roommates are sitting in the other room. And I'm, I'm over here looking at the sponge like, hmm. I mean, everyone and their mother has seen a SpongeBob episode in their life. And I'm like... Hey guys, do sponges actually come from the sea or are they like factory made and they, their jaws at the floor and they were like, how are you a college graduate? Dude, it's not even a shit you don't say. It's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever yeah. heard. Like literally, I, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard that you thought that a sponge that you clean your dishes with came, it was a live creature at one point in the fucking ocean. Yes. And I seriously, I swear to you, I genuinely thought that they're like, dude, stop joking around. Like we know, we know you try to be funny all the time, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen. I am as serious as a heart attack right now. I am 100% asking you if a sponge came from the sea. And they're like, go up to your room. You're grounded. <laughs> like, I literally did the walk of shame up to my room and didn't come out for the rest of the night. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah you deserved. It was a little. You should have brought question. that sponge up there with you. Like, you yeah. and your little, your little creature friend. Yeah. Dropped it in a little bowl of water and see if it started moving around like an old sea creature. <laughs> Give it some life. So, yeah, that, that concludes our, uh, our shit you don't say segment. I still can't believe you thought that. I genuinely, it was a legitimate question, so uh, I'll make sure I, I try to never do that ever again. Um, hopefully, it's also not in front of a person of importance. Otherwise, they'll just be like, get out of my you're presence. You're fired. Yeah, <laughs> either you're fired, get away from me, or something. So, pack your bags. Yeah, pack your bags, whatever. So, uh, yeah, that concludes the Shit You Don't Say segment. And, God, I hope that I don't have another one. Um, and, you know. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Bound to happen. Yeah, bound to happen.
So before we head out, we actually want to let our listeners know that we have our co-host Deaver going on special assignment to California for 50 days. Yeah, man. I will be out there until uh, beginning of May. First week of May is my return flight home out there for a little bit of work. Um, I know it's early in the pod. We've been doing it in the studio here um, week in, week out for the first three episodes. But uh, the next couple will be... uh, We'll be on uh, the virtual world, virtual world, doing a little Skype action for sure. Um, so that'll be that'll be great. We'll keep it alive for sure. We're definitely going to be producing on schedule. Um, there may be one week of hesitation where I'm like super busy at work, mm. but other than that, we'll be every Saturday or you know every Saturday or Sunday night like we normally do. Rip the pod, have a guest on, Skype them in. You're going to be skyping me in from twenty five thousand, oh, sorry, twenty five hundred miles away. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be out there every Tuesday, every Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning. So. Absolutely, and I I'll, uh, I'll actually be out there for episode. Five or six. Yeah. yeah. First week of April. Yeah. yeah. Bush already has his plane ticket booked. Yep. He's coming out to visit. Um, we got a bunch of fun things planned already. Couple, couple sporting events. Mm-hmm. Um, couple landmarks. So we'll try to get some content out out of that for sure. Um, first road trip for for the guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're we'll uh, recording on location in sunny Los Angeles, California. I have an idea. A uh, uh, California beer reveal. Uh, I mean, that's perfect. Yeah, so, perfect. Yeah, I so. already have a couple that I enjoy yep. early out there. I yep. will definitely pick a couple up, and we'll be reviewing some some good Cali beers. Beautiful, safe travels, and uh, you know nothing's changing. So we'll uh, we'll yeah. see you in the virtual world next week. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. That wraps up our episode three of Free Parking Podcast. Um, we'll see you here next week. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, everybody. Yeah.